such an exciting weekend, getting ready for Thanksgiving coming up, my favorite holy day. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today, this morning, God, for us to be here. Thank you that we can enter into your promises because of Jesus and his grace. And Lord, we ask for your faith this morning to believe what the Bible tells us about ourselves, to believe what the Bible tells us about who you are. Holy Spirit, come and fill this room, fill this place, fill each one of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm excited. I see some new faces, uh, some people I haven't met before. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for being here, Kakako Christian. We have a new worship leader, Pastor Sonny. Isn't that awesome? His wife, Haley, and their two children. One more on the way, three children. We have... Uh, a new look, we got some new lights on the stage, I don't know if you noticed, and so some really cool new stuff coming up. So today I'm going to be talking about living a life of faith, living a life of faith. You know, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're called to live by faith, not by sight. Look at your neighbor, tell them, we live by faith. Tell them, not by sight. Okay, we live by faith, not by sight. And God calls us as Christians to believe it before we see it. To believe it before we see it. And that isn't easy. It's, in fact, really hard to do. A lot of times we want to see it, we want to smell it, we want to touch it. We want to know what's going to happen before we believe. Okay, now I believe. A lot like Thomas did, right? And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Did you know that? God has a specific plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your socks off. He wants to bless you so that you can be used to be a blessing to others. I love that. Blessed to be a blessing. But in order to receive all that God has for us, that plan and purpose He has for us, we have to learn as Christians how to receive it by faith. We have to learn to believe it. By faith. So today, do you receive it? By faith. We're going to see our faith level shoot through the roof. And my prayer is that we would leave here going, yes, the Lord can do anything. And he's going to do it in my life. Hebrews 10.38 says, And my righteous ones, that's those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and my righteous ones will live by faith. Are you a righteous one? Are you putting your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ? And we have to learn to live by faith. We don't make our decisions based on circumstances. We don't make our decisions based on feelings or what our culture says we should do. We make our decisions based on what the Bible says, right? We make our decisions based on what God says to us. We live by faith. We live by faith in the Word of God. So today we're going to see how God led Joshua. We're going to continue. Pastor Mark gave a great message last week. How Joshua led the Israelites, God's people, into the promised land. But they had to do it by faith. And that's the title of today's message. Entering into the promised land by faith. So last week, Pastor Mark, at the vision service, he preached on the first four chapters of Joshua 
So Joshua, remember from a few months back, we learned about what his name means. Does anybody remember what the name Joshua means? Yell it out. Huh? I heard a little murmur. What was it? Somebody say something, Miley said. Joshua is the same name as Jesus. Jesus' name wasn't Jesus. His mom didn't say, Jesus, come in for dinner. She said, Joshua or Yeshua, God saves. Yahshua means, Joshua means Yahweh saves. Remember, Yahweh was a holy name for God. I am who I am. Yahweh. Joshua means, or Jesus, Yahweh saves. Isn't that so cool? So Joshua was a type of Jesus. Joshua or Jesus, I guess you could use it interchangeably, but Joshua in the Old Testament, he led the people into the promised land, didn't he? So he was a type of Jesus, because Jesus in the New Testament, right? Or Joshua, he led us into the promised land. He's leading us into the promised land, and that's where? Heaven. So we see in the Old Testament, Joshua is a type of Jesus, showing us what Jesus in the New Testament would do. The Israelites, they crossed the Jordan River on the way into the Promised Land. And they crossed over the Jordan River. God did a miracle, right? We learned last week, he held up the waters. A lot like Moses going through the Red Sea, how he steadied the waters and they crossed through. The people of God crossed through into, onto the other side. What did it mean? It was kind of like, wow, wasn't Jesus in the New Testament baptized in the what river? The Jordan River, the same river. And they were crossing through. They were showing they were all in. And we're having a baptism in a few weeks. But it was sort of like this Old Testament people of God were crossing through. They're all in. They're stepping into a what? A new season. All that God had for us, a lot like us. The baptism waters were cleansing them. They're ready for all that God had for them. So are you ready to live a life of faith? Have you crossed over that Jordan River? Remember last week, Pastor Mark talked about, what is your Jordan River? And you, are you all in? Are you crossing in together as a church? That was a new generation. A lot of times they say, that was the Joshua generation. It's a really cool, I like that term, Joshua generation. And this new generation was entering into the promised land and all the promises that God had for them. Amen? It was an exciting time. God's promise to Abraham was this. Genesis 17, 7 and 8 says, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God. And the God of your descendants after you, the whole land of Canaan, that's the promised land, that's where they were going into. Where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. That was God's promise to Abraham. He's going to give him descendants He's going to give him the land that they're going to enter into. And he's always, always, always going to be their God. 
Guess who those descendants are? We are those inheritors of the promise to Abraham. Isn't that awesome? The promised land blessing. So exciting. So what has God called you to? That's a great question. What is the promised land he has called you to take, to inhabit, to grab a hold of? Number one, like I said, the promised land Jesus leads us into is always number one, numero uno, heaven. Okay, that's our, uh, we want to keep our fix. We're actually, that's our home. Heaven is our home. Jesus, the moment we believe we've been forgiven for our sins, gone from darkness to light, we are residents of heaven. Okay? That's the promised land Jesus takes us into, number one. But number two, God has promised us so much. And a lot of times we forget heaven begins when? Right now. Right here on earth. God's kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is here. The moment we believe in Jesus and we're following Jesus. So what has God called you to grab a hold of? The promises he's called you right now. A lot of times I think Christians, we think, okay, it's just great. I think Christianity, I got it figured out. Believe in Jesus, I got to go to church, I got to be a nice person, boom, that's it. But no way, God is saying, there's so, so, so much more for you. So much more. He wants to just well up these living waters in us, this relationship with God, these plans and purposes for us are going to just take over our lives, and we're going to see God do amazing things in us and through us so that other people can have the same hope we have. Amen? So many times, though, it's kind of like we water it down and water it down and bring it down here. Today, we're going to say, no, by faith, we're going to believe and receive everything God has for us. So what is your promised land that God wants you to enter? And how do you enter that? How do you grab a hold of it? Joshua 5, verse 13 through 15. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho... He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. So Joshua is coming up to Jericho. They crossed through the Jordan rivers. They were circumcised. This is a new generation, one that hadn't been circumcised, one that they're all their parents, all the unbelieving generation before them had passed away. And that's very significant in the Bible. This new generation, the youngsters who are coming through, crossed through the Jordan, circumcised. Now they're coming upon the city of Jericho. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Who is this guy? Joshua went up to him and said, and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? His reply, Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now... Come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So number one, you can write in your bulletin. How do you enter the promised land by faith? Number one, by faith be ready to hear from God. By faith, be ready to hear from God. 
Some believe, who was this guy, the commander of the army of the Lord? It was an appearance of God, a theophany in the Old Testament, where God becomes physically manifest there. Ooh, okay, maybe. Others believe he was an angel. So Joshua, he falls face down in reverence to this commander of the army of the Lord. He falls face down, imagine it. He's falling there, boom, face down. And he asks the question, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Awesome question, isn't it? What message do you have for me? What message? That's such an important question, not only for Joshua, but for us. So it shows a lot how Joshua was really wanting to find out, God, what do you want? What do you want from me? It shows a lot of the relationship, you know, prayer, talking to God. We listen to God. We speak to God. Ask him questions. Great question. Remember, a few weeks back, we went through the series, Learning to Abide in Christ. Wasn't that a good series? Talking about Jesus being the true vine. Jesus, John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. Nada. Jesus is the vine, and he wants us to be plugged into him so that our lives can produce good fruit. Amen? Our relationship with God is our, always our top priority. It's our top priority. Is it your top priority? And when we spend time with Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, it's something natural, right? It's like we're just talk story. I love that. I just, I don't like it when it gets too holy. It's just for me, I can relate when it's normal. All right, God, what do you want? I can just speak to him in my language. And he understands me. <laughs> okay, Lord, I'm feeling like this today. I'll listen like this. All day long, we can have that exchange. But at the same time, it's something not only natural, it's something supernatural. We forget that, right? When we're entering into the presence of God, even in that natural way, believe it, it's supernatural. You're talking to the creator of the universe, amen? He's coming to be with you. He's coming to be connected with you. We have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He's our best friend, but he's also Lord. He's also Lord of everything. And we come into his presence, and we step into holy ground. We step into that holy place, that prayer closet. You could be walking down the street and enter into a, a natural conversation with God, but also step into a very holy, supernatural place. Okay? That's awesome, right? So... We see here Joshua, he's stepping into that place. He's so blown away, he's face down. He asks, Lord, what do you want from me? What message do you have for me today, Lord? That should be our question in the morning, right? What message, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want to speak to me today? And by faith, we are ready to hear from God. Are you ready to hear from God today? That's the first step in entering into the promised land. But before they could enter there, they would have to go to this fortified, 
this fortress of a city called Jericho. Joshua 6, Joshua 6. Says now, just verse one. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So it was all totally boarded up. Nobody was going out, nobody was going in. Why? Because they had heard what had happened. These guys are coming through the Jordan River. God stopped the river. They're coming through millions of people. And now they hear, oh, oh, God's coming. They're got people of God are coming. Nobody's allowed out. Nobody's allowed in. It was shut up. And we, if you could put up that map, it just shows a little bit of their route. People of God had to go through Jericho. This was the entrance. This is about five to seven miles, I think they said, away from the Jordan River. You see, they cross it, go to Gilgal, they get circumcised, and then they're on their way to Jericho. Jericho is this fortress of a city that's standing right in the way of them entering the promised land. They had to go through Jericho. It was a walled city. In fact, they believe it was a double-walled city on a hill. So imagine how hard it is to get into, right? So they're looking up. They see one wall. The walls are like 30 feet high, 25 to 30 feet high, double walls. This was Jericho. And sometimes... When we're walking by faith into what God has called us to do, sometimes God calls us to do some crazy things, doesn't he? Let's go ahead and read Joshua 6, verses 2 through 5. It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns, in front of the ark. What? On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Verse 5, when you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. Have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up every man straight in. See, he tells Joshua, I've already delivered the city into your hands. What? You're looking up at the city, the double walls, and you're thinking, come on, what? Okay, this is how I'm going to do it. I delivered it into your hands. This is all you got to do, okay? I want you to march around the city once for six days, (laughs) okay? Just march around the city once. I want you to have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns, the long ram's horn, also known as a shofar, and with the priests blowing the trumpets, and then... On the seventh day, I'm going to have you walk around seven times. We're going to blow the shofars, and we're going to scream, we're going to shout to the Lord, and we're going to see the walls collapse. And you're going to go straight in. The city will be yours. Wow. But did you know that when God calls you to do something, sometimes it doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it sounds just downright impossible. Number two, you can write in your notes. By faith, believe God will do the impossible. By faith, believe God will do the impossible. So what has God called you to do? That was cool. These new microphones. 
what are the walls that stand in your way from entering the promised land? Great question. What are some of the walls in your life that God wants to supernaturally break down? He wants to do the impossible in your life. Is it the wall of unbelief? You just don't have the faith. Is it just, oh, yeah, right, that kind of attitude. Is it discouragement? You just been there before, you try, you couldn't do it. You're so discouraged, you feel like, I can't even march around the city, God. What are you talking about? Is it self-doubt? Oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Look at that person over there. They're so much better. You know what, God? I just don't think you made me that great. Is it self-doubt? Is it financial burden that you feel like, I'll never get out of this hole? Is that a wall? Is it unforgiveness? It's in your heart. You just can't even move forward. Everything you're thinking about is that relationship. You just can't forgive. See, we all have these walls, and God wants to break them down. He wants to do the things that you think are impossible in your life. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Remember, we got to believe it before we see it. The definition of faith is this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith, what is faith? Faith is confidence in what we hope for. You've got to have confidence in what you hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Sure, being totally sure and confident. It hasn't happened yet, but by faith, This is what you believe. This is the definition of faith. I love that. You know, in Hebrews, it talks about the hall of faith. I'm going to go ahead and read a few things. By faith, this is in the book of Hebrews. I love it. This is what the ancients were commended for. And as we went through, are going through, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, at the end, going through the Bible, you'll notice, oh yeah, I remember some of these guys, these stories of faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, amen? So that what is seen was not made out of what was invisible. By faith, Abel brought a bet- God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Did you know that? It's like, we got to live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith, Noah warned, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. I love this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. 
They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Verse 17, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. By faith, verse 20, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, he left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, the people of God passed through the Red Sea on dry land when the Egyptians tried to do so. When they tried to do so, they were drowned. In verse 30, this is the climax. Hebrews, check it out. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith. That's how we're to live as Christians. Not by sight, but by faith. And you know, we're here in a new season at Kakako Christian Fellowship, and God is calling us to number one, by faith. Be ready to hear from God. Are you ready right now to hear from God? Number two, by faith, believe God will do the impossible in your life. Do you believe it? And number three, you can write it in your notes, by faith, begin to advance in obedience. By faith, begin to advance in obedience. You know, Somebody was talking to Vanessa, who was discipling her at one time. When she was a newer Christian, she said this about obedience. Nobody likes the word obedience. It's just a hard thing. Obedience. What is obedience, she told Vanessa. She said, obedience, obedience should always be immediate, joyful, and complete. Obedience is immediate. Sorry, obedience is immediate, joyful, and complete. It's not easy. 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, a lot of times we think, okay, God, I'm going to sacrifice this for you. Are you happy? Okay, God, uh, I'm going to offer this to you. Are you pleased? But what God is saying, I just want you to obey what I've told you to do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Have you heard from God? Are you listening? Do you believe that God is going to do the impossible in your life? 
If you do those things, then simply advance. Move forward in faith and obey what he spoke to you. Amen? James 2.17 says this, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works is dead. It's got to be some action to our life. You know, I was thinking about what is faith? Faith is actually moving forward. Faith equals go, a change of location. Go, advance, march. Faith equals action. Faith equals action. It's got to equal action. Otherwise, it's dead. It's useless. It's cut off, separated. Maybe you're right now advancing. You say, oh, I'm marching. You know what? I'm advancing. I feel like I'm taking new ground. Maybe you're here today and you're not exactly sure what the Lord is speaking, where the Lord is leading you. Continue to take these steps of faith, listening, believing, obeying. You know, a lot of times we're talking with people, I don't know what direction to go in. I'm not sure what to do. And I think we're kind of like those old Chevy Novas or those big cars from the 60s and 70s with no power steering. And I remember as a little kid, I would jump in the front seat and I would ride without a seatbelt with my mom and my grandma. And I, was, you know, I remember even touching the steering wheel, you know. And then sometimes when the car was parked, I'd be there as a little kid and I'd be like, and it wasn't just because I was little. Those things were hard when it wasn't moving. But what did you have to do? You just get those big cars moving just a little bit. Whoop, you could just use one finger. Wow, you move the whole thing. You just got to get rolling a little bit in your life. Just take those steps of faith. None of us are professionals. We're just taking steps of faith. Amen? I want to encourage you, wherever you're at in your spiritual life, continue to take those steps of faith. Keep moving forward following who? Following Jesus. Living a life of faith involves a lot of hearing, it involves a lot of believing and obeying. Hearing, believing, and obeying. Hearing, believing, and obeying. Joshua 6, I'm going to conclude with the rest of the story to verse 20. Awesome stuff. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, Advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the people, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. Verse 11. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. 
The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord. That's the presence of God. While the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies that we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Verse 20. When the trumpets sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed, so that every man charged straight in, and they took the city. Whew. They took the city. Listen for the direction. They simply spent time in the presence of God. Joshua, ask the questions. Are we asking those questions? Once we get those directions, are we going to continue to believe that God can do the impossible? I want you to walk around the city seven times. That sounds ridiculous. I want you to go and bless this person at your workplace. I want you to go and apologize to this person. Call them up. I want you to do something that's going to make you look like an absolute fool. Are you ready to do it? We're all a fool for somebody. I'd rather be a fool for Christ. And if he says to do something foolish, I'm going to do it. Do you believe that God can do the impossible and break down those walls in your life? And then finally, step forward and advance in obedience to what God has called you to. So right now, we're going to begin to practice a little bit. We're going to take a one minute couple minutes maybe, and we're just going to simply do the first step. Are you ready to hear from God? I want you to just ask the Lord. Say, God, what is the land you want me to enter? What is the purpose and plan you have for my life? It could be for this next season. It could be for an extended season. It could be for today. Let's go ahead and take that minute just to spend time, naturally but also supernaturally, in the presence of God now. Let's pray. Lord, speak to us. Your servants are listening. We ask that you would come speak to us, Lord. What are the plans and purposes you have for us?
God, we ask also, maybe what are some of those walls that stand in the way of us entering those plans you have for us? Lord, help us to know what some of those walls are. Lord is speaking to us now. Maybe he's bringing some things up. Might even continue to be something you would want to deal with. I just want to encourage all of us to just come on up for prayer afterwards. Seek somebody out. Maybe in your small group. Maybe somebody here at the church. This is what the church is for. I have this wall. I just, it's got to go down. It's got to come down. The Lord has got to bring it down. I want to step into everything God has for me. I want to be a part of this church as we enter into a new season. I want to be functioning with the church. I want to be rolling with this church. I want to be with God's people. But there's this wall. I just want to encourage you to come on up for prayer. Continue to come up for prayer. Continue to seek somebody out for prayer. Continue to go to the Lord in prayer. We thank you, Lord. You can speak to us. We ask that you would give us the faith to believe, Lord. Not only that you want to, but you will do it. We're sure of it. We're certain of it, Lord, that you're going to do it because you love us and we believe your promises in your word. I'm going to ask everybody if you could go ahead and rise up now together. We're going to close and we're going to do something today which is going to be a little bit different. You're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. We're going to step out in faith and we're going to advance. God called Joshua and his people to go ahead and take the land. Before they did that, they had to see this Jericho city come down. The walls come tumbling down. And as a prophetic act. And we're just going to have a little bit of fun today. We have, we've found a shofar. This is an actual ram's horn. This is very similar to what they actually used when they were blowing the trumpets, the ram's horn. And he told them, I want you to go ahead, blow the ram's horn, and give a loud shout. And the walls of the city are going to come tumbling down. So are you ready to give a loud shout? Are you ready to see the walls in your life just as a prophetic act? And we're just going to believe it, look a little bit foolish, look a little bit silly. And that's okay, we can do that in church. We're going to do it. So on the count of three, we're going to see those walls come tumbling down. Pastor Sonny is an expert shofar blower. He's been practicing for like two days. I think it gave him a cold. Now his throat's all sore. But he still sings super good. He's going to blow that shofar, whether it works or not this time. Don't matter. We're going to do a loud shout. Amen? So are you ready? Are you ready? All right, here we go. On the count of three, here we go. We're going to see those walls come tumbling down. Ready, here we go. One, two, three.